Hello and welcome to the STC Fit Learning Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name's Ben Scott. I'll be joined by Jason Galea. Thanks for joining us on our way to create 1 million positive outcomes for personal training clients by 2030. The podcast is brought to you by at STC Fit Learning, a page created to upskill and educate PTs and gym nerds. Also brought to you by at STC Fit, and that's a place for all your online and in-person personal training needs. If you enjoyed today's episodes, please give us a share and tag on the Instawebs. You can tag at STC Fit, at STC Fit Learning, at Ben Scott SC, and at Jason Galea PC. Hope you enjoy the show. Hello again, Jason. Hello again, Ben. Welcome back from your yard time walk. Yeah, it's been a whole 15 minutes since we last actually saw each other and spoke. We managed managed to drive home. Yeah. <laughs> I did chicken out of my monster though. Um, I drank most of it on the way home. I've gone with a long, longer short black instead. Yep. So yeah. An extra half a pump on the on the espresso machine. Do you do you double pump yours like when you or do you just single pump normally? So I have a two cup button. Yeah. So I do that with my single shot yeah, same. tray. And then if I want a little bit, I just like the taste of the liquid. So I tend to yeah. add an extra one cup. Yeah. Just a, there's more to drink. I'm a notorious single shot, double pumper, double pumper. So mm. did it not once, but twice on the double. So I used to do that. And then I got not so good gastric side effects. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm fucking immune to coffee and caffeine. Like, yeah, well, I've started immune. having. But yeah, I posted my morning routine this morning. Yeah, <laughs> like everyone in the rest of the world gives a fuck what I do in the first thing in the morning. Um, <laughs> but I've actually started having like Metamucil with like probably half a liter of water. Yeah. 15, 20 minutes before I have my coffee. Yeah, it's made uh, like very positive impact on my ability to tolerate caffeine in the morning. I'm happy that I found a solution to that. Yeah, that's an important thing to get on top of. <laughs> yeah, coffee is very important to me. And I, yeah, have better things to do than go to the bathroom yeah. all day. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I haven't hit the scale of having too much stims in a lot in a while. Like, <laughs> I think ever since, like, the worst experience I had was when uh, my friend, we'll call him because we can't name names, and he gave me like, these three pills in a little shitty fucking plastic, you know, like those little sealed drug bags. Can never be good. And he was just like, here, take this. And I was like, what is this? And he's like, oh, it gives you energy. So yeah, I remember taking that and like just, you know, stereo up the whole way, just going into the gym, like fucking windows down, just charge and had the best workout ever. And then after that, it just felt like absolute shit. Um, and I was like, man, what the fuck did you just give me? And he was just like, oh, it's got ephedrine, caffeine, and oh, I can't remember, aspirin. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So I was just like, okay, cool. So this is why I felt so good and I feel so shit now. Yeah, I had the similar experience. I think like when Jacked was on the way out. Yeah, the, the good shit. one. The good one, yeah. Um, we had a supplement. The guy that we used to buy our supplements off back when we bought supplements because we thought they worked. <laughs> um, he gave me like this powder and two tablets and was like, it's like, oh, what are you doing, Simon? Like, oh, I got a boxing session. It's like, oh, here you go. I think I messaged my 5.30 a.m. client at 
450 and said, I'm still awake. I'm not coming. <laughs> <laughs> that was not hilarious. in a good way. Yeah, that's hilarious. I think we've all done it. Sensitive Ben pre-workout is not a thing. Yeah. Probably don't like factor in the fact that I was 60 kilos when I started training as well. Like wondered why one scoop of pre-workout leveled me. So because you're the size of a child. You probably consume the same amount of caffeine now. You just have the tissue to be able to like actually handle it. it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we're talking about sales today, but Mm. slightly different to the previous episode. We're going to talk specifically on the consultation. Yeah. So we a few episodes ago, we did like how to attract people to your business, how to get people interested with working with you and then having them coming to you with the intent of working with you, not with the intent of tolerating you, which tends to be how it works in the gym when you're making calls and doing all that kind of stuff. So um, that's what we want to try and unpack today. So Jason and I obviously have been, I've been online since June 2019. Um, and you're, I guess, uh, the last 12 months primarily online. Full time. Yeah. So hybrid, online too, I was yes. a hybrid coach before then, Ben. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll take the angle of like how we do things, uh, but also what we teach the guys in standout PT and how we we'll apply to your face to face businesses as well. Yeah. If you're in a place where that's open or if you're listening to this later. So, I think people undervalue the skill set of selling and communicating. Um, We've done an episode on like coaching and using the reach model and all that kind of stuff, but just your ability to use effective language when you communicate with clients creates buy-in. All of coaching, all of personal training is effectively selling. You've got to sell the idea of following the nutrition, following the program, the exercise selection. You've got to sell that entire idea every session, every week, all the time. So if you're walking around saying, and we've said this in the past, people got a little bit butthurt. Like if you're saying you're not good at sales, it's you're saying you're not a good personal trainer. Because if you can't create buy-in with people, then you're not going to get very good results with people. Yeah, I agree. So there are obviously some people who have like barriers around money and all of those types of things. And, and we'll cover that today too. But at the end of the day, you should be able to communicate this the same way you would if you're, you're working with someone. Yeah, I think most of the the people that say that they're not good at sales, like it's the, those barriers that you just mentioned then are the reasons why they can't effectively communicate with people. Like yeah. they just get into a situation, just get in their head, whether it's like you know, a little bit of desperation because they need to put the clients on. And, you know, we've all been there. I've sat down with someone or even before it, just like, you know, trying to work myself up and like, you know, talk to myself about how big this sale means to me and shit. And then you go to sit down mm. and you just totally shit the bed because you uh, have forgotten kind of why you're there and why that person's there. Like, and then, like you said, like, you know, people think about money in a certain way. Um, you know, people have bills to pay and, you know, they might be in a certain period of their career where they're in that startup phase where they need to put runs on the board. So I think most people who can't sell are either like looking for like, yeah, there's really like fucking cheesy kind of sales pitches. Like it's like, this is the yeah. one, like convert all your sales, like using this yeah. method only. It's like, they're really, I don't know if there's one of those that works in personal training, like just one thing where you're just like, say this, say this, say that, and you'll get every single person. Like it's, a, 
a combination of a lot of things um, or they're just a really poor communicator um, and yeah, just can't, or, or like maybe they have like poor confidence, you know, in their service, in their ability, yeah. probably sitting down with people. Maybe they're not qualified to work with or don't believe that they have the skill set because that's a big one too. It's like, there's a lot of personal trainers that don't actually value their skill set. And I think sometimes it partly comes from like older trainers shitting on their skill set and like saying, well, they don't have the right training because they're more qualified. So you just have to really be more qualified than your client. And if you train general yeah. population, especially in weight loss and just overall health and fitness, so like you're already qualified once you get your cert three and four. It's like, that's the acceptable standard because if it wasn't the acceptable standard, the standard would be high and you would have to get qualified to do that. No, but yeah, it's, it's almost like once you, and I remember being a young PT and seeing it and thinking, well, fuck, I'm, I'm nowhere near good enough. And I've always made sure like, as we progress in our careers to not do that, to not yeah. be like, like the eat shit for five years things like, nah, it's like you, even just like a metric of what a good personal trainer is, a good personal trainer is someone that gets a result. Yeah. So you don't have to be able to be better at quoting a textbook than someone else or like be able to do competition preps and understand the ins and intricacies of that. If you work with mums and dads, you need to know more than mums and dads and get them the result. You need to know more than your clients, whatever those, those people are. That's yeah. So, yeah. If, I think if, a, if personal trainers sat back and unpack that, and that's what we try and do in standout PT, like we try and give them the confidence. Like one of the biggest things that we say in like the parting uh, words of the sales uh, week and even in the seminar the sell without selling seminar it's just like you've got it like you've got this like you're the you're the professional like you're this is your space and if you go into this conversation with the confidence and the authority to tell this person exactly what they need and what they want um, and how they and how you're going to get them there it's like that's half the battle like really and then the, the rest of it is like you said before, just how you conduct yourself, how you can engage with them, how you can bring them in. Because if they can't see what's happening and they can't see the, this, what you're about working for them and see the outcome that they're going to get, because people are buying outcomes, then you've lost that person. doesn't matter like what inclusions you've got. doesn't matter like, you know, how um, cool your system is, whether it's digitalized or what. If this person sits here and says, I don't really see any value in this for me because it can't, I can't. I don't really get what I want out of it, or I can't see myself getting what I want out of it. They're done, you know. And most yeah. of the time, it's not about money because people order food, really expensive food, on their phone and get it delivered to their house on a regular basis. And um, someone once I read a I read a stat somewhere where it was like someone spent two thousand dollars on a paperclip. So it was like if people can spend two thousand dollars on a paperclip, it's that's the epitome of like people buying something that they can see value in and seeing that that paperclip was serves an outcome for them. Yeah. It's like most of the time it's not about money. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And I, th I think part of that com confidence come from a repeatable structure that you can do day in, day out, time in, time out. So you become really comfortable with it as well. Um, which is essentially what we're going to try to do. So if, you walk away from anything from this podcast. We're going to go into the specifics a little bit more, but when it comes to a consult, you need to be able to build rapport with the person sitting in front of you. Step one, then you need to be able to identify their goals. Step two, identify what problems they currently have that they feel are in the way of achieving those goals. 
And if you've been listening to our other podcasts, hopefully they are the problems that you solve in your business. And that's what you've built your business around solving because you that means you're on track with attracting the right people and talking to the right people and your business model is set up to service the right people. So identify their problems. Then you want to go into what your solution is to solving those problems and show value. Like, what do you actually bring to the table? What are you actually going to do for the person that's in front of you? How's that going to work? Then you present your product, you'll tell them how much it is and you close. If you can follow those five steps repeatedly, you'll find if, even if you don't listen to anything else that we say for the rest of the podcast, you'll find a method that works. If you do that enough times and you just make sure you get those five things in place, you'll take your, your closing percentage from 50, 50 to 75 plus percent straight away, just by introducing those. So Jason, I, I would, I'm just saying for Jason uh, without looking at his data, but would be in the 95% closing percentages, I would imagine. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nine out of 10, I would close very easily. Yeah. So that comes from two things. One, we're not on the gym floor calling people that are like just random prospects. We're very targeted with who we speak to and we build a little bit of value and even pre-screen a little bit before people come into that consult process um, through the online funnels. But it's also just following this system over and over again, being good at it. Yeah. I think in the gym, if you're on the phone and stuff, like anything over 50% would be good. Um, and yeah well over 50% using the method in the gym as well. Yeah. I think we, we've got it in our content for our, our guys. It's like 50% in your first six months. And then you should be looking at 75% after that. Yep. Um, once you, you kind of cook it. So before you actually get into the consult, uh, this is something that we've introduced in the last 12 months, which has really been a game changer. If we're honest, like really selling so, so, so much easier something that we call our hero content. So essentially your hero content is a piece of content, be it an article, a video, a podcast, whatever it is that outlines what you do. So what that would contain would be who you work with, what their biggest problem is, like their, their core pain, what they're coming to a trainer for, what their three pain points are, what your business looks like and what you do the outcomes, so the opposite of those three pain points, so what outcomes do you actually deliver? And then what's the big prize for the client when they work with you? What are the, the big outcome that they're going to get? So if you have that packed into an article or a video or something, you can send that to someone before they get to face-to-face with you. So they have an idea of who you are. I think in a face-to-face environment, that would absolutely change the game. I know we didn't have it back then, was like, go check out our website, check out whatever. But to have a specific, like Jace, you had someone um, literally say to you, like, I feel like this was made for me. Mm. It's like, fuck, that's done. Like yeah. <laughs> that person is buying. Um, so if you can create that feeling for the people that are coming through the door, then you're already halfway there before you even actually sit down with them. Mm. So do that. Um it's, it's important, obviously, just to build that importance when they're coming in with you. So, hey, I need you to fill this out. We do a questionnaire as well. Um, fill this out before you get in. Just watch this video so you have a good idea of what we're about. The consult itself, um, Jace was just sort of talking there about like 
that desperation and that smell of fear that you can feel on people when they're trying to sell you shit and they're not very good at it. The best way I think to get rid of that is to come from service rather than from fear. So every time I sit down when I'm going to do a, whether it's respond to DMs, it's make a podcast, it's um, write any of our social media content, do a check-in, whatever, every step of that way, it's like try and stop yourself. What does the person in front of me need? If you can do that, you're putting yourself in a position where it doesn't matter if they sign up or not. You're doing what is best for them for the next 60 minutes, 40 minutes, 30 minutes, however long it takes. Uh, and that'll make a huge difference to the energy you bring to all of those steps. Yeah, I remember when I started in the gym, obviously not having any mentoring on business and no understanding of any of this stuff. Every every consultation and every sales presentation was like the mindset of like, I need to get this sale. Like I just like almost felt like a telemarketer with, you know, like benchmarks to hit so that they would get their commissions and shit. Um, and as soon as I took that, like stepped back and took that approach of like, if I just go in with like what this person needs, the goals, show them how the, this whole process is going to get them the outcome. I'm either going to give them a really good idea of what that is at some point in the future, they'll probably come back to me or this person's bought in enough right now that they'll sign up. Mm-hmm. And it was like, that was the, that was the turning point. Like that was the, the moment where. I started getting a lot more yeses um, and it's probably nice that I got, got through the part of like getting no at the mm-hmm. start. It's like, all right, I've gotten through that like stage of rejection um, and I've dealt with that, you know, um, cause that's not a nice feeling, but yeah. you know, it's not, there's, there's no such thing as a hundred percent strike rate in, in our industry, in business in general. Um, so once you get past that and then you take this client first approach um, or the prospect first approach, it's like you really start to, to take a shift and, it's like your body language, your actual language, like how you sit down with someone and then just the vibes that you're giving off as well, confidence, those kinds of things, like really does start to change. And that whole conversation becomes a really, really good, really, really good positive conversation with the client. And most of the time, the prospect and most of the time they become clients because of that. Yeah, it's, and it's like we talk about our five pillars all the time, like mindset, business model, service, client acquisition, and then your technical proficiency all of that needs to be looked at through that lens. Like it becomes your business. Like you use the term client first, which is like something that we talk about all the time with internally in terms from like a cultural standpoint, because our business is set up to service the client. Yeah. We want to make money. Like we're not, we're not trying to sleep on the street, but (laughs) we will get that if we're the best client first service around that will just happen organically. So and we've been pretty successful with it. So it's, it's proving to work. Yeah. Well, like think about it from a consumer's perspective, like people don't just buy personal training for the sake of having a personal trainer. Like we don't live in Hollywood, you know, like mm. it's not a status thing where, you know, people own a personal trainer or have a personal trainer. Like people want to, people consume things or purchase services or, you know, um, like join personal training to achieve something. So if we can, work with that idea every time and make sure that no matter what happens, that person comes out of that conversation, either knowing exactly what's what's expected of them and they're not really in a position to do it right now 
Um, or if they're in a position to do it right now and they know what's expected of them, they join up. Yeah. So just last thing on that, before we move on to the, the practical stuff, like my favorite story of, of this, I don't know if I've even told it publicly before. I did a consult would be six years ago now with a girl in a coffee shop who wasn't a member of our gym, but needed help. Um, went and sat down with her, went through our normal consult process, helped her out with her nutrition, did the value add part, which was like, these are probably your starting macronutrients. Turned out this girl had lost 30 or 40 kilos. She was in a healthy range, but she was still eating like 1100 calories a day. Was terrified of fat. So wasn't eating any fat. Um, just simple questions like, when was the last time you weren't dieting? When was the last time you got your period? What's your sleep and hair and all of that like? She's like, oh, I haven't had a period for two years. I'm like, well, that that's that's a problem. Like, maybe we need to consider improving your health at this point, and that's going to help with your overall outcomes. So I never trained this girl, never exchanged a dollar. After that, it was probably maybe four months later, she messaged me. She's like, hey, I've been doing what you said. I've actually lost more weight, blah, blah, blah. But I just got my period for the first time. I know too much information, but I'm really excited about that. So that was cool. Another six months later, uh, or maybe a little bit longer, she messaged me and said, no, it must have been a couple of years. She messaged me and she's like, hey, I just wanted to say thank you. Um, I don't know if I would have got to where I am now. Um, I've just found out I'm pregnant which obviously wouldn't have happened if I wasn't having a menstrual cycle. So it was like, okay, so one conversation that took 20 minutes that I had no attachment to whether that person worked with me or not. It was just like, what can I do for the person sitting in front in front of me? She's now married with two kids and like, sure, she would have figured that out some other pathway, but it's pretty cool to trace that connection back to that conversation. So yeah. you can have huge impacts on people just by giving correct and inside scope information to people when you do your consultation yep all right so rapport was the first one we mentioned general rule of thumb um and i always have fun with this with jace when we do our role plays and <laughs> try and build rapport after we've already been con like having conversations for an hour <laughs> um so usually three points of common ground if you get them to laugh generally you're sweet that that would be your goal. Most people are fucking terrified of personal traits, yeah. especially if they look like Jace. <laughs> they think Apparently we're not... you're starting to become, you know, yeah, getting there on the, the scary, scary one. Uh, the scary scale as well. Yeah, it's because I went the buzz cut. That's what happened. <laughs> um, but yeah, you've got to you've got to even. Um, I was reading. I don't know what book it was in. Anyway, that was talking about like building rapport first during business deals. Like, increase the likelihood that the agreement would be made by seventy percent. Yeah. So not by not doing that, it's like, it's not client first. If you're not genuinely interested in the person, like find out about them, find some common ground, get them to laugh and you're done. The other thing is like match their body language, how quick they speak, you speak, how loud they are. You're that loud. If they're laid back, you're loud, that laid back. If they're intense, you're intense. Just it's, it's called match a mirror. If you want to go look up how to do that effectively, you'll be real shit and awkward at it to begin with and it'll feel really clunky. But over time, a lot of people just have it naturally. But if you're a little bit more conscious of it, it just helps you to kind of navigate people that are really different to you. Yeah, I'll make a good coach too. Because you're not going to bring the same 
intensity to every PT session, especially if you've got a wide variety of clients with a wide variety of personality types, like you'll be softer with the ones that need it. You'll be intense and in the face of the ones that need it. It's a really yeah. good skill to have. Yeah. Um, the other thing I mentioned in here is like the pre-screening. Um, we use the ESSA form, E-S-S-S-A, which is like, is the person going to die if you train them? Maybe make sure you've ticked that box before you actually do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you can send that even before they come in for the consult too. We actually do it after. So they have to fill it out to get their program once they've signed up. So how you deliver that is, is up to you. We're going to talk about two secret weapons before we go out into the actual content of the this consult itself. So the first one is called the path of least resistance. So it's an ability to ask a question with the intent of predicting how the person's going to think that's sitting in front of you. So in really short, easy terms, give someone two options to choose from both of which you'd be happy with. So we're going to invite someone to come and do a consultation with you. It's like, Hey Jace, you said you come to the gym at 6 PM. I've got Tuesday or Thursday available. Which one would you like? Not, hey, Jace, would you like to come for a consult? Yeah. Yep. Would you rather track your food on my fitness pal or just use portion size guides? Would you rather train four days or five days per week? Would you rather, et cetera, et cetera. So putting people in that environment allows them to choose the easiest option for them but avoids what is really the easiest option for everyone, which is no, I need to think about it. I don't know some kind of deflection tactic so they don't have to agree to anything. So the path of least uh, resistance is a form of test closes, which is our like weapon number two, is getting the client to agree to personal training as many times as possible before you actually ask for money. So the benefits there is like, it creates a long-term vision with the client. Like Jace was saying before, like setting them up so they understand what's actually required to get their goals. So that might mean it's going to be a six-month process, not let me telling you how to turn the treadmill on or me doing a consult online and giving you a program or a, or a diet plan that we get all the time as well. Like this is what's actually involved in doing that. Don't you think? Do you agree? Yes. You want to have that nod happening all the way through. So some examples are like, can you see yourself getting results doing something like this long-term? Um, what were you like with your previous, what were your results like with previous methods? Oh, not very good. Okay, so we probably need to take a deliberate approach. It's tons and tons. What you want to aim for is from when you pick up the phone to before you ask for money, you want to try and get 20 of those. So that if you're training people, you can do it during the session. Can you see how we'd take this squat and then get you under the barbell or you're squatting this much. Now this would be the pathway to squatting more. How does that sound? Awesome. I love that. Just indirectly agreeing to your services all the time. Sweet. So the, the questionnaire itself, training history, the order isn't too important, but these are the questions that you want to have inside your consultation. Um, training history, get to know what they've been doing. It's going to be pretty hard to write a program if you don't know what they've been doing and they're not going to feel like you're doing due diligence if you haven't asked what they've been doing in the past. So it probably makes a bit of sense to find out where they're at right now. 
any prerequisites that you might have with your clients. So mine has like, can you squat, bench and deadlift? Because that's it's hard to teach someone who doesn't know how online. So that's not something I take on. I'd refer that person to a face-to-face coach. Go learn the fundamentals and then I'll teach you make them better online. Do you have any in yours, any prerequisites? Uh, I still use the squat, bench and deadlift because you can get a really good idea of like just training experience. Like yeah. it's not, even though I may not, prescribe a lot of say like deadlifts for example like there's still variations of deadlifts that we'll we'll use in training so it, it is still a really good question to ask to try and unpack because if you sit there and be like you know your way around the gym you, you know how long you've been training for and they're like oh, i've trained for three years but they like have just used the same machines for example yeah. and you know haven't really kind of had any technical um proficiency work then you could assume that someone's further on than they are and then you know, when they aren't following what you've prescribed to them and you're like, well, hang on a minute, can you actually do this? And they're like, no. Yeah. It just happened to me before. Like, yeah, yeah. of course. Like we've just been in positions where we've assumed and uh, haven't asked these questions properly. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, kind of caught out a little bit. So it's really important to have these things yeah. in there to obtain the information that you need. Yeah. Good way to like screen your clients as well. So you don't end up working with people that are going to, take up a lot of time and you really can't get the outcome for them at the end of the day. Like that's again, that client first idea. It's not fucking time wasters. It's I can't help this person. Like, yeah. Send them to someone who can't. So then moving on, you've got, as we mentioned at the start, the three main goals. So what are you here to achieve? So don't stop it. Like I want to lose weight. Okay. What else? Do you have performance goals? Do you have physique goals? Do you have lifestyle goals? Like what, what are the three main things? Why are you here? Once you've ascertained them, obviously keep unpacking them and unpacking them till you've got to a level that you think is, they're actually telling you what actually matters to them. Like, I just want to lose five kilos and turn up. So like, that's not a goal. Like, why are you here? What's really going on? Then there are three main obstacles. And this is one that, to be honest, we probably missed for a long time and didn't ask this question. Um, and it's, it's no surprise that our close ratio has gone up so much by asking this question, like what is actually in the way? And this is, goes twofold. One, it actually shows that you're interested in helping the person that's in front of you. It tests your, uh, the, how well, you know, your clients, like this should be what you've got written down that you help people. What are the three main problems you solve in your business should be what that person says or yeah. thereabouts. And if, you, if you're getting the same answer as you've got written down, you're on point. Yeah, and this is where the consult starts to take a personalized direction as well. Like, Did, did you ever read, uh, you, you wrote Red Goosebumps obviously back in the day, right? Yeah, yeah. Remember when those books came out where like you could have decide what page to turn to? This is the only ones I read, man. Yeah, like, they were the you best. You get the three pack in the mail. Yep. I'm like, give me yeah, the bunch of yep. All about it. So... <laughs> The consult's kind of similar to that. It's like everyone wants this like set procedure, like this set in stone, concrete kind of do this with everybody. But what really changes and and accelerates that uh, that sales percentage is this process where you have the ability to get to this point and then these three obstacles are going to be different to the next person and the person after that. So you get these three obstacles and then that's, that changes the direction of the conversation. So that's when for one person, you turn to page 99. For the next person, you turn to page 120. 
you know, for the other person you turn, but you all end up at the end, which is the let's work together kind of thing. I, I thought you were going to say we're going to end up in a carnival somewhere with a scary cloud. <laughs> usually where goosebumps we all end up. up. We all end up at the end of the book. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> it's kind of the same concept. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you were to do a 30 minute consult with someone, the goals and obstacles and unpacking those and helping with answers to those should make up 20 minutes of it. Yeah. Like realistically, it, it's the core of it. So when you get those obstacles, it's unpacking them. It's not like, oh, so what's in the way? It's like, I had a consult this morning. It was just like, oh, motivation. And I was like, oh, okay. So she was a boxer primed to fight 12 months ago. I was like, well, why is the motivation gone now? Like you're obviously heavily motivated as an athlete. Now it's gone away. What is it? Why? How do you, how do we change that? And it was actually, it wasn't motivation that was in the way. It was lack of accountability. She didn't have any goals. She didn't have anything to answer to. She had no coach. She had nothing. So it's just like, if I don't train, no one's going to tell me off. So I just won't. So it's not actually motivation. It was, it came down to accountability, which just so happens to be one of the three things that we have in our core problems that we solve. So unpacking those is really, really important as well. Definitely. Once you've got those, typical ones will be like, what's the timeline for that? Again, you want to paint that picture of this isn't me teaching you how to turn the treadmill on or giving you a program. There's, there's a longer term commitment that needs to happen within this. Getting to know the client, um, like I said, we do some of this afterwards now. We just focus really heavily in on what are the problems and this is what we do to solve them. So we actually ask like some questions around like lifestyle, like more so if it comes up in their obstacles. So job stresses, sleep, time relaxing, all of those types of questions, we'll ask just to get an idea of what's going on in the rest of their life. Obviously it helps with programming and getting to know them and stuff. But if you've got interventions within that, then it allows you again to show a pathway of, of a solution. Current nutrition is always important as well. What are they eating? Whether you're nutrition qualified or not, you want to help them at least eat, not eat like an asshole. Uh, if that's what's inside your qualification, if you are qualified, obviously you unpack that a little bit more. And then identifying any healthy and unhealthy behaviors whether it's training or nutrition or, or lifestyle as well. Some of those unhealthy behaviors are very expensive. So that overcomes price as an objection. We're not going to do objection handling today because if you do this right, you won't get objections. Yeah. If you get an objection, go back to what happened. So Jason and I spoke about like the reason we have squat bench deadlift in our questionnaire now is because both of us had clients come on board and you're like, oh, I've made a mistake. This person only knows how to use machines yep. and they don't see value in online coaching. They should actually be working face-to-face -face with them. I'm getting 15 technique videos a week and I, I'm having 30 minutes replies to try and fix techniques. Like this isn't the service that we provide. So once you've done all that, what we recommend is you have some form of value add to your model. So we've had quite a few in the past. We've talked about like, it's all been dependent on who we were training and what the objections were to our model. So we had weight training versus cardio. So what that would look like. So most people come in with a weight goal or a fat loss goal. So we need to do some education that provides value in that 
you're a new trainee, you're going to recomp, you're going to, if we use the scales, like you might want to lose five kilos and visually you have, but the scale weights do the same. So picking together some kind of educational format to do that uh, is really important. The other one, um, we've done the hand plan. So it's just like a food recall, the, the nutrition, uh, who's a precision nutrition hand plan. Yeah, yeah. Um, tell us what you ate yesterday, go through it. All right, so you, based on the precision nutrition hand plan, you would want four meals, this many, this many serves of protein, blah, blah, blah. You've only got this. Again, it shows that value in an area that we used to get the most questions about, which was nutrition. Yep. Now we do something a little bit different. Um, if you guys haven't already, go to stcfitlearning.com forward slash scorecard and do our scorecard. And that's, we actually use that for our consultations. Yep. So for the STC Fit, so for our coaching clients, we have a quiz that identifies all the areas that we focus on when it comes to training someone. We get them to fill that out and then make a decision on, well, uh, then able to have conversations based on those scores. So uh, Jace, you had a consult this week, like what stood out as their lowest pillar? Uh, it's mainly lifestyle and nutrition. Hmm. Uh, like lifestyle, nutrition and training. Yeah. Because they're not confident in going into the gym, knowing exactly what they need to do and how they're doing it. They're not confident in terms of, you know, their nutrition, what to eat. There's lots of conflicting information, not really interested in some form of generic approach. Um, and then outside of the gym, not really sure like what to do to kind of complement the goals that they want. Most of the time, yeah. like they're the, the areas that people need to, you know, kind of show Cause most people know their goals. Like most people can know their goals enough to be, you know, committed to, you know, uh, achieving them. Not a lot of people coming to us are like, I'm outsourcing my motivation to somebody. And if they do that, like we're going to unpack that to make sure that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, they're the, they're the major ones. And when you're going through the consult, they'd be the ones that you focus on, right? As those yeah, pillars yeah, and show a pathway up. 100%, 100%. It's like, these are the areas that need, you know, if we look at this particular person's situation, these are the areas where, you know, are getting in the way the most and what we're going to do for this particular pillar. Let's talk about, you know, nutrition is, Going to find an approach that works for you. We're going to teach you how to micromanage your nutrition because your goals kind of permit it. We're going to give you some resources to learn this stuff. I'm going to help you along the way. We're going to set your targets. We're going to work together towards hitting them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Training-wise, you'll have you know everything set out in a program. You'll know exactly what you need to do. We've got an exercise library that will help you along the way to build confidence in the gym. If there's something that just doesn't feel right or you want to have a look at, you, know, you can just send us a video of it. We'll unpack it together um, and we'll go from there. You know, in terms of lifestyle, we teach you how to live the lifestyle to, you know, be the person that you want to be, you know, inside and outside of the gym. Outside is just as important, you know, and then we focus on, you know, sleep, recovery, et cetera. Like, you know, and these three things on top of the things that you're already good at are going to help you get whatever goal that is that that person wants. Yeah. Super, super valuable. So if you guys want to play with that, just have a think about what areas your business operates in and what things you do for people just write down what questions you would ask that you can solve. So if someone says, if you say, do you do this? And they say, no, that you've got part of your service is to provide a solution to that. Um, and if you can have, I don't know, anywhere from 20 up, 20 to 40 would probably yeah. be 
ample questions inside those areas that you're able to ask someone. It then gives you a really effective way of finding where the low hanging fruit is for that client. It paints a picture of what you do as well. So we use this, like I said, our hero content and our quiz goes up out and then they come on, come into the chat, say, cool, goals, uh, obstacles, let's look at where you're at right now, which is the quiz. All the questions I yep. need to answer and ask you in there, everything I need to know is in there. Oh, so you said you don't know what your core values are. The reason that's important for goal setting is blah, 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 blah. And then when you get to the end of that, the question that we always ask is like, so if we were to bring all of those scores up, would you be getting the results that you want right now? The answer is always 100% yes. So that means my service would get you the result is what you're asking effectively. Yeah, yes, it fucking would. So you're in a pretty good position now. So having a thinking about, thinking back over that, like a, a recap of what we've done so far. So you've lowered your client's stress and anxiety in that rapport building. It's like, you're not a superhero, you're just a person. Yeah, like personal trainers aren't some other thing. They're just people. You've done your pre-health screening. You're all good there. You've made your way through a professional, thorough and useful questionnaire and made it relatable to them. So whether that was the quiz or you've asked those other important questions that you that we mentioned, you've created an environment where it's like the person I'm sitting down with is a professional. They're not just like, oh, we're out doing burpees because that's what it says on the whiteboard. Like, fucking no one's paying money for that anymore. Yeah. You've also found a way to, based on the way we've explained it today, hopefully create an environment that it's professional, but it's real. It doesn't feel like I'm in a doctor's clinic. feels like we're a team. It's like we language. It's what we can do is, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a team focused on that goal. All your language has had that path of least resistance. You've done all your test closes. They're eating all of this up. It's like, this is what I need to get the outcomes that I want. You know exactly what the client wants and needs and you've shown them how they can have it. That is the skeleton of a really, really good consult. Yep, agreed. The only other thing that I would add to the ends of that, which maybe falls over into like closing, when you close, so if you go through the consult, you're going to sell straight away. You're not training them. The next step is obviously going to be presenting what you actually do, <laughs> like the, the service you offer. So for us, it's like the program, the check-ins, the uh, data trackers, exercise libraries, warm-ups, teachable backend, all of that weekly check-ins, video assessments. Tell them what they're actually going to get before you tell them how much it is. Um, but before that, what I always do is like that question of, so if we are to bring everything up that we talked about, you're going to get the result. Yes. Cool, because there's no point talking about your coaching service if you can't, if they don't think you can get them the outcome. Yeah, agreed. So tick that box first. Tell them what you can do and what you do do, what your service includes. Then it's the same. That's those double check questions. So one of the questions I ask, because typically people will kind of reach out to me these days, is like, why did you reach out for a coach? Or for you guys, if you're reaching out to people, why did you agree to come and sit down with me? Oh, because I need this, 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 this. Sweet. Are you confident that everything we've gone through today would give you that outcome? That my service would give you that? Yes or no? Yes. Is there any other questions, concerns, any hesitations, anything else we need to know before we move on? No, you've covered everything. That was great. Sweet. 
there's no objections now. You can't object. I gave yeah. you the opportunity to object before I told you the price. Now we're here. So I think that's really, really valuable as well. It's just, it takes two minutes to ask three extra questions, yeah. make sure that you've dotted every I and crossed every T on the way through. And if you haven't, take the time to go back and make sure that that person's totally comfortable with what you've been telling them. Yeah. How hard are you on that with your consults? Yeah, make sure that I've ironed out every single kind of part of the conversation before we get to that ending, that end point. It's like, do you understand what's, you know, what we've spoken about? Have I made everything clear? You know, uh, it, it, does this sound like something that you're interested in? Use the test closes along the way. Can you see yourself doing that? Can you see how this sits in alignment with your goal? Um, just making sure that, yeah, one, we're getting that person to kind of say yes a lot. Um, two, getting to that point before we kind of hit them with like, this is kind of what's involved and this is how much it is that they have a really clear idea of what's happening and they, they have no questions. So once we get to this point, there's no, I need to think about it. I don't need any of this because once you go to question, well, just curious about what is it that you need to think about, you'll get the real answer, which is they don't need to think about it. They don't want to, they don't want it. Yeah. You know, and they've got to tell you. Yeah. So then it's pretty easy straight into face-to-face. -face, typically we offer two different options, two sessions or three sessions. Most people do two, which one would suit you? Online, we just name the price. Yep. Again, online tends to be, they're coming for a reason. They know who you are. They've seen your profile. They figured you out before they got there. So you'd be a little bit more direct there. Your close ratio will be higher anyway. Yep. Um, then what most people will do is just like, what most people will do is the one that you want them to do. <laughs> that's that's typically where it's at. Yeah. The reason we use a two and three is it allows us to downsell to a one if we need to. Yeah. Same with online. We only offer one, but if price is a true objection, you've got options to go down to different products. So it's training only or it's less frequency with Monthly your check-ins or, or something. Yeah. Yeah, whatever you've put aside for your services because you've listened to our service episode, which is number. 130-ish, somewhere in there. A wide variety. Between, between 122 and now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want to go find it. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else, man, that like you tend to do with your consults that we haven't really covered? No, I think at the start, you've got to take that approach of like dotting the I's and crossing the T's and taking them on that journey. Mm -hmm. It obviously evolves. Like I can get through a consult really quickly now. Most of them are qualified before they come. You know, so there's other other levels to this. You know, if you do everything right within your business, your ecosystem's good, you got content, people can kind of go in and kind of binge yourself in your business before they come and sit down with you. There's a lot of pre-selling that happens with that. Um, and especially if they're like referred from like a friend who's working with you as well, which is typically where a lot of your, your leads will come from once you're established. So the conversation is a little bit different. It's just fast track. Like you still go in on, you know, what's the problem and what, what, um, outcomes do you want and why haven't you achieved them in the past and what are the biggest obstacles now but the fluff well not the fluff but like the extra stuff like we don't really need to kind of go in on so you kind of just like this is how it works this is what we can do for you um, and this is how much it is you know because these people are like pre-sold it's not really about money it's just you about getting to know them and like get, getting them to understand how it's going to work for them um, most of the time that's the way the conversations are now. Um, and then like, if you're, if time, if 
when you become busy, you're going to be strapped for time a little bit. Well, not strapped for time, but time is the most valuable asset the busier you become. So you, then you've got to think about, well, how can I avoid sitting down with 10 to 15 people who are really just like inquiring about like how things work and then they're going to leave. So again, it's like have a pre-screening process, ask some questions, even, you know, maybe sometimes in a, in a gym setting, having that phone call at the start, trying to see what that person's about in terms of their goals and stuff, see if it is for you. So you don't sit down for an hour wasting your time with someone and going, fuck, this isn't actually for me. You know, yeah. um, having, some people in terms of that questionnaire, like we spoke about, we kind of um, have them complete the questionnaire beforehand. Um, so we have a bit of an idea of what we're walking into um, so we can prepare ourselves for that conversation. Sometimes that can have some conversation, some questions in there that you're like, all right, this person is for me or this person might not me. I might just give them a call and just get a really brief idea of like, you know, is it worth me sitting down with this person or could I just put them on to somebody else? So yeah, the, the, the process doesn't necessarily change. It's just like you're really trying to streamline that process so that you're not kind of, yeah, using your consult times and having people walk away just because it's not a good fit. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I think there's a line on both sides of that of one of the best retention tools that you have besides results is a good consult. Yeah. The level of buying you can create during that time so where let's we use resources to create that um like jason sort of explained there if you don't have that huge backing of lots of resources behind you spend the extra 30 minute 30 minutes make sure that you create a really good relationship and clearly lay out what's to come or you'll just have you'll know because people will leave it 12 weeks yeah one of one of the symptoms of people leaving early is that it's just not dotting lines and crossing t's in this initial part. And that could be like Jay said, just sitting down with the wrong people. Being too good at sales sometimes is a problem. And we've seen it heaps. People are really fucking good at selling, have higher turnover rates. They get busy real quick, but they have turnover rates and they're like, fuck, my retention sucks. It's like, sometimes it's just because we, we try and put sales strategies in, in place that get those 50, 50 people over the line. Yeah. So all this language and all of that, that's what this will do. And that's like Jay said at the start, if you're closing at 50%, it means you're getting all the people that wanted personal training. You're not turning anyone off. When you're at 70, you're hitting all those people that weren't sure about it. If you're really fucking good, sometimes you can close the people that didn't want it. And then they get six weeks in, they're like, ah, oh, fuck, I still don't want this. Yeah. <laughs> I just got excited on the day. So be aware of that too. If you are great at this, like you need to keep working at your retention strategies as well. Yeah. I had to, being in sales for so long, I actually had to start being better at screening who I sat down with. So I was at a point where it was like, I was pretty confident whoever I sat down with is going to become a client. And some people I didn't want to <laughs> become clients, just not where I wanted to, to work. Yeah, I think we all had that one person at least that, you know, you're just like, oh, I'll just, I'll just send it and see what happens. And they sign up for three times a week and you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So if we break it down again, you've got your rapport, your main goals, your three problems, all the other questions that you want to know in terms of how your training plays out, in introduce a value add. Um, reconfirm that what you've delivered is actually going to get them the outcome. Tell them your product, 
Again, reconfirm, is that going to get to the outcome? Tell them how much. Yep. Guys, do that. It should be very good. First person to talk loses after that too. Mm, That's a good, that's my favorite line. Yep. Yeah, pretty much much all conversations. Yeah, tell tell them how much it is. When do they want to get started? Dead silence after that. Even in everything, I think... that's the most important time and that's the one that fuck that PTs fuck up the most. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I sit there and I'm just like, let's do this. <laughs> I'll be here all day if I have to. <laughs> um, but I think people actually even do it with the goal setting thing. It's like, oh, what's your main three goals? Is it fat loss? Is it strength? Is it? It's like, shut up. You yeah. ask the question. Listen. Stop talking. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it that comes across with that desperate energy of like, I'm trying to impress you, not just like, well, tell me what it is and then I'll formulate something that's going to help. Mm. Yeah, it's that jump from kind of average to specialty Mm. as well. It's like, if you're good at your job and you're really good at this process, you'll ask the right questions and you'll sit back and listen and you'll retain the information. And then you'll take the rest of the conversation where it needs to go, not on some generic kind of, you know, script shit that you get at the start of every fucking big box gym that they t- tell you it's going to be yeah. the be all and end all to signing all, up all your clients and as soon as one person says one thing that's outside of that script you're fucked you're and you fucked. start studying stuttering your words and you start getting hot flushes and all that shit and you just look like a complete tool basically yeah because you don't you can't talk like and you're a fucking adult in front of a person <laughs> yeah, which definitely. we've all done i've done it I've done yeah. it. I had one not that long ago, man. I had one come on and like got 10 minutes into the consult. And she's been like, okay, so how many days a week do you train? She's like, oh, I work eight out nine hour days, so I can't train after work. So I only train on Sunday. I was like, oh no. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I'm in I'm in a zone I don't want to be in right now. Yeah, abort, wow. abort, abort, abort. <laughs> that would have been um, an interesting conversation. <laughs> yeah, well, like, and we we just changed our scripts too. So I was like still reading from it. Like these are the yes. steps. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Recall all the knowledge. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm going to sell this for someone else. Yeah. This is not, this is not who I work with. But yeah, it was good. We, we survived. I don't think she signed up in the end. Someone who trains once a week, probably not going to pay. Not for premium service prices. Online, <laughs> online training, no. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, we'll wrap it up there. Um, if you could take a screenshot of this episode, which we keep forgetting to ask you guys, yeah, share it to your stories. Great. It makes a really big difference to um, how many people yeah, get to tracking. see it. Yeah. So yeah, we'd really appreciate that. Just tag at STC fit underscore learning at Ben Scott STC at Jason Gillia underscore STC. If you want to follow us, they're the tags. Um, Standout PT intake is open right now for, I believe it's the 11th of October, whatever the Monday is closest to that is being when we'll launch. Um, so yeah, if you're interested in that, go and do the scorecard first. Just head over to, to the website. So stcfitlearning.com. You can go forward slash scorecard or there's a heading scorecard. Fill that out and just see where you're at. Yeah. If, if you go through that, that's like we've just explained, that's what we do. And if you think that you can make your business better by bringing all of those pillars up that we talk about and all of those points, shoot it, enter your details. We'll jump on a call and make sure that everything's going to be the right fit for you. Otherwise, 
Oh, we've got a seminar too, um, which is which is how to become a standout PT. Yep. Do you remember the date for that? I don't. I do. The seventh. Yeah. It's gonna be the Thursday before. Um, so tickets for that are only fifteen bucks, guys. So easiest way for that one is to the Instagram account link in bio. Bang, grab yourself a ticket. Yeah, it's like twelve thirty middle of the day. So be easy for PTs to get on board. It's always fun meeting people that listen to the podcast that show up to that shit too. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. All right, we'll leave it there, guys. Um, we will be back in a fortnight. All right, see you guys. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye.